Mama, I made it. Yo! All right, there we go. Oh, oh man. Gang's What's going on, fellas? <laughs> we made How it. How y'all fellas doing? Man, let me wipe what? my head first. <laughs> D, get, that, get, the get that sweat off the brown, Good to see you, Pastor. Man, how y'all fellas doing, man? Hey man, so I know I built this as uh Instagram live, man, but you know, uh through the means of technology, this is gonna be Instagram, uh Facebook, and YouTube all at the same time, man. So I'm excited about it, man, and, and thanks to everybody for logging on. I'm excited, guys. Thank y'all so much for joining tonight, man. It's gonna be a great conversation. Yeah. Yeah, bro. Yeah. yeah. Excited about yeah. it. Yeah. So let's 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 just dive right into it. Everybody, you know. So I'm I'm getting you a chance, all of the viewers out there on all of these platforms, for you to get a chance to eavesdrop on the conversations that I get to have with my dear brothers. All of these guys on here are really, really my brothers. We have cried together. We laughed together. We've talked together. We've cut up together. We just had great times. We just had life. And we're doing life together. These are some yeah. dear, dear friends of mine. Everybody knows them. You know, Pastor James Teague is shaking up the Northeast up there in Maryland. He's just making a noise. Uproar churches in the building is on the YouTube live right now. Pastor Vince Shard Dobbins, what can I say? He's pouring, he's pouring the pitcher on the stage at the Potter's house, man. <laughs> he's just dripping that oil Killing all it. over the world, man. He's a world shaker. And then what can I say about my brother, Pastor Jonathan Everett, Rock of Ages Church in New Killing. Orleans. Amazing he's church. A, he, he's out there, man. He's, he's shaking up the city, shaking up Louisiana, all for the gospel, man. So, you know, I, I really do count it a privilege to count you all as my brothers and then to have you on, on, this, on this Instagram live and Facebook live. Thank you guys so much for, for popping on and, and let's get started, guys. Now, nah, man, thank you for the opportunity, man. I think this this is uh, pivotal and necessary for our, for our uh, society, but most importantly, for this particular agenda, men, the man, right? I think there's more conversation that needs to be had uh, across America about this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so I wanted to, to make it, you know, some of my sisters, if you're watching, uh, you can throw out your questions as well, too. So we're going to... Uh, I'm not going to say we're going to answer every question, but we'll address some questions, right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll at least brush over it. But this yeah. is a chance for you to get a chance to, to hear us as men dialogue and talk about some things that are on our heart and, yeah. and uh, on our minds and spirits as well. So so let's talk about, I, I call this manhood, servanthood, and being misunderstood. The reason for that is because, you know, all of us are, are strong brothers, right? And so being strong men, you, there's a lot of misunderstandings and a lot of um, miscomprehensions about being a strong man that you are a strong man and you don't have feelings, you don't have emotions. And though, you know, everybody says, oh, wait, we're human. They don't really count on us to have human emotions. And so one of the biggest factors of, of really growing into manhood is understanding that manhood is not a destination it's a journey right, right. And, and we all understand that we know that from what paul said that when i was a child i thought as a child i spake as a child but when i became a man i put away childish things yeah. the crazy part about that is that he never put a timeline on that he never put an age on it he never put a real true definitive description on it 
So nobody can really say, okay, well, I reach manhood at this point. I reach manhood at 45. I reach manhood at 38. And so most of us men are now really trying to figure out this journey of manhood and what it really takes to really be a quote unquote man and live in this world today. So uh, Pastor E, I see you, you down there smiling, man. So I, I mean, it, it, it's like Ali in that, in that corner, man. So, so I'm gonna let you jump it off, man. I want you to de debunk that myth about men and, and having emotions and the lack thereof. I'm glad you uh, <laughs> let me go first before uh, Dobbins and uh, Teague so I can get my little two cents in. You know, get I was really, honestly, man, I was thinking about this since you uh, sent the flyer, the in invite. In today's society, just it's a blur as to these larger entities defining masculinity, right? Like to define what manhood is uh, today. We're seeing like fashion, right? A large entity that is curtailing what what men should dress like. We have different organizations defining who men should be, what role we have in society. Everybody defining the man except the man, right? So, you know, there was a time we used to be at around Christmas or Thanksgiving, and if our pops come and say, I'm the man of this house, or I bring home the bacon, he, he wasn't in so much puffing himself up in pride as much as carving out the perception of a young man to know what the role is of a man. Now and today, we don't see that as much as I, I, I will hope we will see it, right? And men are not vocal at all. So, you know, if you plan on, not grown men, I, I don't know if anybody else like relate to that. I'm not vocal at all. I'm not sitting on Twitter fighting for nobody backwards and forth on the Twitter. I'm not going backwards and forth on the Instagram with nobody. And we see that in, in Bible, right? Uh -huh. Eve fussed with the serpent for nine verses. Adam ain't take none but one verse to eat the fruit. It's not controversial <laughs> at all, right? It's 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 plain on and, and but we also see the biblical trait mm. of eating bad fruits from good hands, mm. right? Oh, so Eve good. now hand him a bad fruit because he's not controversial, because he accepted from people he trusts and love. So the I, I, I thoroughly believe the the controversial thing about manhood today is the man is not defining a man role to this younger generation or to what, what it's supposed to be. And uh, understanding our emotions, we know how to mask that very, very good. We can mask emotion. You know, I told somebody the other day, man, I can send you to Dubai and can't stand your guts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have learned how to master my emotions at the same time as to try my best to appease or please somebody else. So, you know, I, I, I just think the man needs to define that role in today's society. No, I, I, I love that. And speaking of which, you, you said something that men are not very vocal. And, and, and Pastor Dobbins, I'm coming to you in just a second. But Pastor Teague, okay, so I, I know you very well, right? We've been knowing each other for years. If you don't know Pastor Teague, then, then you think that Pastor Teague never, ever talks because he's always just so quiet. Right, but right. I've, I've learned that he is in his quietness. He's observing everything observing and observing anything, everything. So Pastor T, talk to me about how people misunderstand. And, and, and yeah, I say our, our, our sisters sometimes misunderstand just because we're quiet doesn't mean that, that we lack empathy about a particular issue. Yeah, I, I think that uh, for me, the reason I'm quiet is because like you said, I like to observe things. I like to process things, but most importantly, when I speak, I, I want it to matter, you know, like, you, yeah. you know, our, all, our spiritual father, Bishop Jake said, 
if I call, he knows something's wrong because I don't always just call. Yeah. If I call, there's something going on. And I think that uh, when the Bible says, be slow to speak and quick to listen, I think there's so much you catch in listening, but ultimately I think you get a chance to really hear God in the midst of everything going around you. Wow. And like my brother said, and I came up from, you know, my parents were kind of old school. My grandfather's old school. The men in my family really didn't say much. Mm -hmm. But when mm -hmm. they spoke, mm -hmm. it meant something. It, things had to start moving yeah. Yeah. when the men in my family spoke. And I think the problem is nowadays, when people see you as quiet, they see it as weakness. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. like Pastor Everett was saying, when people outside of men are writing the narrative or the mm -hmm. book on how to be a man, they're writing it from the standpoint of what they imagine mm -hmm. a good man mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they're usually people that never had a father figure around, uh, been through broken relationships. Mm -hmm. And so they're writing these things and saying these things based on what they imagine a good man to be. And most men fail because we cannot live up to what you imagine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and and in getting lost in that, and mm -hmm. we've heard the the stories of Jesus, how he always healed blind men, mm -hmm. and and he never healed a blind woman. It was always blind men. <laughs> and when we allow other people to paint the vision for manhood, then what happens is we begin to lose our vision, and it takes people coming into our lives to give us multiple touches, mm -hmm. so that mm. we can clear, so, so that we can we can see clearly. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. See, first of all, before, before I get started, I'm going to steal a line from my brother Everett. Hey, okay, whoa, whoa. Put those fire emojis up. Put the fire emojis on the screen right now. That was fire. That was fire. That was dope. I, I love what you said. I love uh, Pastor it. Pastor T. Pastor Dobbins, okay. Now, I want to add another caveat to it. Nowadays, most of our young men are being raised in single-parent households. So they're only taking, they're, they're most in general, they're taking the characteristics of the parent that raised them. Mm -hmm. Most women, most uh, just in general, are going to process outwardly. Most men are going to process inwardly. Talk about that balance in the household of having, having to process inwardly and process outwardly. And what happens if you don't learn how to do both? Because a lot of our boys... They don't. Mm. They haven't. They haven't learned how to process inwardly. And not saying that we as men have it perfectly, right? But sometimes our boys are just running off of pure emotions because they haven't processed what they're about to do. They just do it, then they process about it. Talk about that. Good question. Well, I, I probably quit preaching two or three times already. Pastor Pastor James jumped on. Let me shout out my brother, Pastor Antar, Grateful Heart Church. Shout out. I need you to light up the chat. OG fire everything. It's difficult. First of all, I have four sons, various ages. It's difficult to tell whether a man has a grateful heart or not because most times you're looking for emotion, but a man is not always filled with emotion externally. We are the greatest nonverbal communicator that there ever were. Mm. There's verbal communication non and nonverbal communication their moves, their actions, their facial expressions. 50 to 75% of our boys, particularly boys and girls, are being raised in single parent households. Wow. So there is a difference between a male and a man. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. 22 and 30, God says, I saw four men. I was going to destroy the land. He says, I'm, standing, I'm looking for somebody to stand in the gap. Mm-hmm. If the young boy has not seen somebody stand in the gap mm-hmm. in his house, it is mm-hmm. difficult. Yep. He begins to stuff psychologically. He's stuffing. That's He's good. stuffing. You got to be careful because there's going to be an external explosion soon. But you don't know when it's coming because you think everything is fine because he, he's nonverbal. You have to watch the emotions, the clenched fists, the facial expressions. So if this is a loaded question. On the other hand, a lot of our girls, it's not just a, we're talking about manhood, but I want to address some of our sisters. Just because women express verbally does not mean that they've got everything verbally out. Yeah. And it does not mean that they're hiding deeper emotions on the inside. Yeah. There is a difference between, if you give me about 30 more seconds, there's sure. a difference between testosterone and estrogen. Mm-hmm. Testosterone is what a boy needs to uh, fight or flight. It's courage, it's information, it's intelligence, it's action. Uh, estrogen is what a woman needs in the same area, but then it begins to obviously help procreation. When that boy is in that 12, 13 to 18 year old age range, it's going like crazy. Others, yeah. my, my single mothers, you're listening and single their fathers, you're trying to find out how do I match his energy? What's going on with him? Is it sex? Is it porn? Because he's trying to express what he's feeling on the inside and does not have language to articulate. Mm-hmm. Person, mm-hmm. A lady is beginning to get curious because everything on the inside of her is beginning to express itself, beginning to blossom. Now, what do we do when there's not a father in the home? That means there's not order. A lot of times it's not chaos and there's the absence of defining who I am. Mm-hmm. So when I, I bring up the male versus right. man, there is a difference. There are males who don't like women. Mm-hmm. There, there is a difference between being a male and a man, a male, I've got everything in terms of testosterone that feels and looks like a male, but it does not mean I'm functioning in an area of manhood. Mm-hmm. Now, defining that, and that's a loaded question, but defining that for our young teenage boys becomes difficult when they don't have a role model. Gotta say this, I'm a pastor, I'm a youth pastor right now as well. If your son does not have a role model, an uncle, a father, find somebody. I don't care if it's the man you trust next door, the teacher, your pastor, whoever, because he's got to see himself in order to duplicate it. No, that help. no that, that, that helps a, a whole, whole lot. You, you made me think of this point that, that I just want to bring out to anybody who wants to add to it, feel free. But the, the, one of the biggest questions that we as men get, especially us as pastors, you get, how do I get my son? How do I get my husband? How do I get my brother? How do I get the male that I value in my life to talk? Sisters, let me give you a, a clue right here. Let me give you a hint. A man, most generally, we're going to give you little clues. We're going to give you little tidbits, and we're going to see how you handle that. And if you handle it with judgment, we won't come back. If you handle it, or if you mishandle it, rather, then you teach us that we cannot come to you and you are not a safe place. But if we can come to you and we can say things, sometimes you just got to let us express what's on our mind because we've been processed inwardly. So if we don't get a chance to say that outwardly, and if we do get a chance to say it, then we're antagonized, then we're beat for saying it, 
then we learn never to come back to that place because it's not a safe place for me to reveal who I really am, no matter how bad it sounds. Don't come back with a, uh, a retort at that moment. Let it soak in for a second. Let him, let him have that space. And then you can come back and dialogue. But he has to feel comfortable. He's going to give you a little bit at first just to see what it's like. You gentlemen agree? I, I absolutely, absolutely agree, man. I, I to, to that point, and, and I know Dive is in T about to kill this, but to that point, I believe Bishop Jakes said it one time. He said, uh, a man performed best on the stage where he clapped the loudest. Yeah. yeah. Right? It, it, was, uh, it was one of the most transformative statements as it relates to how to be appreciated and and to feel needed and to win me to that place of vulnerability versus trying to force me to a place that I've never been or to force me outside of my comfort zone. So I definitely agree with that statement. Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to throw this in. Men cry in the dark. So yeah. when we cry in the dark, that means in the light we want to be celebrated. Mm. Yeah. Wow. It, it That's might, big. <laughs> it might on, not dive, dive and say that again. <laughs> We cry in the dark. Yeah. So if yeah. I want to be celebrated. Yeah. So you're there to help men what's broken in the dark. Well, we will all keep you with us in the light. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Master T, you want to add? Yeah. I don't think there's one man that that honestly can say I don't want to feel safe. Mm -hmm. I think Ooh, it just comes down to to safety. Yeah. And we're sending clues out to see can I trust you with my heart? Yeah. Because yeah. in getting to know a man, just because you say I do, there's going to be things you learn about that man for the next 30 years. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there's some things he's been holding on since he was 8, 9, 10, 15, 20 years old. And throughout life, you're going to begin to see those things leak, but only if he can trust you. Mm -hmm. Now, the danger is that every man is looking for somewhere to rest his head, somewhere to open his heart. And when it doesn't come from the places that it should come from, that's how a strong Samson ends up in the lap of a Delilah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Come on, preacher. Because we, we are, are wired to want to talk. Mm -hmm. But like Pastor Dobbins says, we process in the dark. We leak our feelings in the dark. And when we finally come to the light, ladies, you need to understand this. It takes us a lot of courage to come to the light. Even if it's just a crumb, that crumb has courage mm -hmm. tied to it. Mm -hmm. Oh man, okay. So I was I was gonna wait till later, but I, I gotta say this now. I gotta cause look again, fire emoji, fire, 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 I don't care, waterfall, I don't care, some kind of emoji. Waterfall. But but you brought me to a point where I was I was gonna bring it up early, but it, it worked right now. We all know the story of Elijah and when he sat up under the juniper tree mm. and how sometimes we go to those secret hiding places, right? And we as men, we feel like the pressure of the world is all, all on us. And we say that, oh, all this stuff is against me. And we go into these caves and we go into these silos and, and we go and we, we end up digging ourselves into holes sometimes that are unnecessary and not realistic right they're unnecessary and not realistic and so we talked about how to how to approach our sisters and how to get our sisters to understand but i need you to talk to one of these men that's watching one of my brothers that's watching who are digging themselves in unnecessary holes because you know the story that you tell yourself 
and mostly generally 60 to 90 percent of the story we tell ourselves is incorrect no that's but, that's, that's, but that's we, right there with tell the it. That's we right tell it to ourselves you, you write that in the same, same text right yep. in, in, under juniper tree but that same Elijah is in the cave, right? And yep. look what he tell the Lord. He said, Lord, I'm the only one left. I'm the only, I'm the only one, one all left. The, the, the pain, the consequences of a misguided perception or perspective, right? I'm the only one left of my generation. I'm worthless. Nobody listening to me. Nobody need me. I'm not necessary. Nobody celebrate me, right? And God at the whole time had 750 transformed transform people that heard his word on that mountain transform, but because he was hiding, because he was in that cave, because he isolated himself. And to every man who think isolation is healthy, I don't believe isolation is always healthy. Yeah. I'm gonna be honest. I, don't put me by myself too long. <laughs> no. I know I'm getting in trouble. I'm telling you right now, don't put me there too long. I have to be around people and be around a diverse group of people to, to, to really develop who I am as a man and be, you know, Dr. Dobbins to, to get that image in my head, right? Yeah. Because our perception, man, is dwarfs because we believe our own press clippings, right? Yep. And I and I had to learn, stop believing everything I think, right? Yep. I, had to, I had to realize some of those coping mechanisms to really get past, you know, understanding what manhood is all about. I, yeah. Pastor Dobbins, jump in. Go ahead. I see you ready. Jump in here because when you mentioned the dark, let me speak to my male brothers, homies, dude, you're digging a deeper hole. The only reason we should ever go into darkness as a man is to discover God's glory because isolation should bring revelation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But when you're in isolation without revelation, that brings degradation to you. Mm -hmm. Reason mm -hmm. does that, that Moses goes into the cleft of the rock to see God's glory pass by. Yep. Glory passes by, Moses gets the revelation of what happened before him, which is why he wrote the book of Genesis. Mm -hmm. The reason we're in love with the dark is because, sisters, we don't tell you this, we're insecure as well. Mm -hmm. And the, the light shows our imperfections. Mm -hmm. So we would rather mm -hmm. stay in the dark mm -hmm. and not be in the light. The Bible says, and the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the waters, darkness mm -hmm. upon the face of the deep. If there is no movement, so for the brothers who say, Oh, I don't know how to communicate. I can't express myself. Part of that is a lie. Number two, he might not feel safe. Men are like apples. Women are like oranges. Mm -hmm. The reason men are like apples is because you got to keep digging and digging and digging to get to the core. And at the core, there are a few seeds. Mm -hmm. Women are like oranges. They've got seeds in every slice. Mm -hmm. So, <laughs> which means that one man, got one part of you and another man you meet a new man he gets a whole other part of you because you got seeds in every slice because yeah, you're yeah, yeah. first but for us we wow. are who we are at our core it's the little boy in us study basic things does he love his mother did he have a relationship with his father who was the influence in his life why is he hiding his seeds are they precious are they valuable are they damaged wow Pastor Teague, okay, first of all, anybody who's watching, if you're from Grateful Heart Church, or if you're going to watch a broadcast, I don't want I don't want to hear nothing. If you see an orange on stage Sunday, just act <laughs> like you ain't seen it before. You're going to see an orange. You may see an orange. You may see an apple. You may see a watermelon. I'm going to come up with my own illustration. <laughs> I don't care what you say. Okay, so just act like it's brand new. You ain't never seen it before. Pastor Teague, that, 
that's been so rich, man. How do you talk yourself out of the cave? How? Do, what is the first step to some brother that's watching mm. to get out of that cave that we talk ourselves into? Mm. Well, I think one without a vision, people perish. I think you have to always remind yourself that your life is bigger than your situation. Mm-hmm. As has been said, when when people are in a cave like Elijah, he he was suicidal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He said, mm-hmm. "I don't want to live." I'm the only one. And when you're in that cave, you have to understand the only reason the devil wants somebody to commit suicide is because he wants you to kill your future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And before you go into the cave, it's like the the blessing and the breaking and the passing of the bread. Mm-hmm. You you have to remind yourself in every season when God is breaking me, it's an indication that I'm in his hands. Yes. Mm-hmm. But if I was blessed going into his hands, mm-hmm. I'm going to be blessed coming out of his hands. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the only reason he is breaking me like a stick, if you break a stick once, it can bless two people. Mm-hmm. But if you mm-hmm. keep breaking that stick <laughs> over and over and over, that, that's an indication that God is getting ready to pass that person mm-hmm. to, to more people than just one breaking could handle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so what I've learned about really blessed people mm-hmm. is they tend to battle with going into really dark places mm-hmm. because as Bishop Jake said on Sunday, the devil is after the seed. Yeah. And if, yeah. if he can get the seed, he can kill the potential. So mm-hmm. for, for me, I have to remind myself that the picture is so much bigger than me and and i wanted to say this with the last point but i think it ties together for a lot of brothers that tend to go into a dark place i've had to learn this and and i think being fathered and mentored has helped me tremendously because i didn't have a father around growing up and i've learned this see i've never battled since i've been in church with being held accountable since Mm. i was 19 i started driving a church van all over the city of baltimore because I wanted to be involved in church because I knew the devil was going to kill me if I didn't get committed. Mm -hmm. And I've always been accountable. If my pastors asked me a question, I'd be honest. What'd you do last night? Do you really want to know? But where I've learned that a lot of men, because I believe Elijah was accountable too, but where a lot of people, especially men get it wrong is we're good at being accountable, but we are horrible at being transparent. And, Mm-hmm. When you're mm-hmm. accountable, you're giving somebody permission to ask you questions, but you need to learn the art of getting things off your chest as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And what that comes down to is having somebody over you in your life that you can trust with your secrets that will not treat you differently after you tell them what you've done or where you've been. Wow. So rem- wow. reminding myself of the picture that is so much bigger than me but practicing transparency so that I can keep myself from getting to the dark place or have somebody in my life that can warn me before it's coming that you're going into a cave if you don't get your tail together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. So, so that's, that's so good because that, that really, you really, I, I've been taking notes and you made me just write down being honest with yourself. Wow. A lot of men, Let's be honest, brothers. A lot of men, we don't want to be honest with ourselves. We don't want to be honest and say that hurt us. We don't want to be honest and say you disappointed me. We don't want to be honest with ourselves and say, no, I'm not good at this. 
I am bad at this. I am bad at communicating. I am bad at keeping mm. my commitment. I am bad at it. That's not to be down on yourself, but the only way to go up is you've got to dig down in the root of the problems mm. that you are having in your life and mm, stop looking at it on the surface and dig down in the root. All of those people can't be wrong about you. You got to dig down and figure out why are these people leaving my life like they are? It has to be something with me and be honest and look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself, could I be the problem? Wow. That's something that we don't ask. Could I be the problem? Anybody else you want to jump in on that? I, I want to jump in and say this because when you talk about digging down deeper, first of all, I'm gonna pay y'all later. This is like a cross-pollination of 800 sermons and six six seminars. He okay. talked about accountability and I just got this revelation. Adam was accountable because he's in the garden. Mm. God asked him a question, where are you? Yeah. So what I'm hearing, cause Pastor Teague started talking about, you can be accountable, but you need to be vulnerable. So mm -hmm. accountability, I'm in the garden. Why would God ask Adam, where are you? God knows. But he's saying, are you vulnerable enough to be honest with what you did and who you did it with about your real mistakes? I think there can be no miracles without the admittance of our mistakes. Mm. Wow. 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 Anybody else? That's, that's... I think the fear of being canceled, man. Uh, mm. let's, yeah. let's, let's just talk about how <laughs> one no, mistake, just right yep. you know, I, one mistake, man, you can be canceled. Yeah. Uh, and we're not talking culture. We're talking in relationships. One mistake, you can be counseled mm -hmm. as a man. Your masculinity can be sabotaged just because you didn't just because you didn't do something right. And and yeah. I think the the frustration of giving your all and it's still not good enough, right? Yeah. Um, to be vulnerable and transparent in those moments is, is a frustrating thing, right? And to be compared. Uh, and once again, the narrative of Pastor Teague is being written by hands of people who have no concept, no no understanding of what masculinity is. And we're being compared to false narratives, uh, to mm -hmm. compared mm -hmm. to, to stuff that's imagery, right? It's, mm -hmm. it's like Bane told Batman in the valley, you know, you, yeah. you, you use darkness as an ally. He said, but I was born in this. You know yep. what I mean? Like I, I was, I'm a man, I'm gonna be a man. I won't let nobody tell me what masculinity is uh, at its true essence. I, th I think the fear of being canceled <laughs> and, and not being light. Man, we are pleasers by nature, man. That's that's the truth. We want everybody to be straight, yeah. right? Uh, I found myself, we was in Cuba with a group of people and I turned into security. As soon as we got outside, I just knew we had five women in our group and I turned into security, right? I thought yeah. I had an earpiece and everything in my ear. I, I already know. <laughs> we are pleasers by nature. We are protectors by nature. And if you are, if you force us to become abnormal, that's when we become destructive. You're wow. trying to force me into a role mm -hmm. to be something I'm I'm naturally not, right? Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm naturally not that. You can't force me to, to be perfect in an area by which I, I have no, no language for. Wow. I have no language for that world. There's no curriculum for that world. And stop trying to make me be trendy. You know what I mean? Wow. I'm not a trendy guy. I don't want to smile in front of the camera. You know, I just want to be me, right? Yeah. So I think it's the fear of being canceled, in my humble opinion. Pastor T, you you, you, you want to jump in? Yeah, I'll say one thing quickly, because uh, I know we got some more stuff to hit tonight. But I think these settings are so important because we all on this Zoom have relationships with each other. 
when yeah. I was going through my hardest season, everybody on this Zoom was checking on me. Uh, we were sitting down, I think it was just a few months ago, we were at, we were all dinner and, and uh, Pastor Dobbins started counseling the table and speaking life into all of us in Columbus, Ohio. I, I, That's I that think, Bishop Jakes coming you know. out. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think more men need these settings because life as a man, every decade you're changing. Mm, Whether mm, you like it or not, every decade mm, you're changing. Mm, you know, mm. I've, I've learned this. I'm going on 40 and I'm realizing things that Pastor Muhammad warned me about two years ago as I got closer to 40 and, you know, and, and I'm realizing this stuff now that 40 is not 30, the closer yeah. I get to it. And I realized that 30 is not 20 when I was there. And I know that 50 will not be 40 and 60 will, will not be 50. And I think it's important to have men of like passions yeah. that gather together. The, the greatest thing, thing I think a good mentor and good friends give you is to allow you to realize what's normal. Yes. Yeah. Because when you realize what's normal, you won't do drastic things when mm. things go wrong. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if you isolate yourself and you don't have a group of people like this, mm -hmm. what'll happen is you will destroy 40 years of work, 30 years of work, 20 years of work for two mm. minutes of pleasure because somebody wasn't in your life to help you normalize what was coming at you. Mm. No, oh man. Man, I, I love that. I love it. And I wrote down a few minutes ago, and you all have been echoing it. Grace. Grace, mm. people. We've Aye. got to be willing to give each other grace again. Grace. We have become so hard, cold-hearted that now you don't allow people grace. You don't allow people time to grow up. You don't allow people time to develop. You want them to be perfect as soon as they come out there. And all yep. of you all are pastors on here and to your point, uh, Pastor Everett, if you say one thing wrong, now you counsel. But yet you can do in your profession, you can make all kinds of mistakes, and there is grace for you. But yet, once you put that collar on, there's expected no grace. There's, there's only black and white. There is no gray. But except when you come to God, you want God to have gray lines. Come when on. it comes to the pastor and the minister, it's black and white. You got to have grace for people. You got to have grace for your son. You got to have grace for your husband. You got to have grace for your wife, brother. You got to have grace because you're going to want grace. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to want yeah. grace. And people are expecting to receive something they're not willing to give. Grace. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Man, let, can, uh, Pastor, can I say this right quick to Pastor T's point? I, um, I have to say this, man. I, okay, I'm going to be transparent, right? This is a real short. This is one of my mentors, business uh, mentors, just passed away. And he gave me one of the, we're talking about manhood. Before we go into misunderstood, he gave me one of the hardest lessons I've ever had in my life. And I think if we can bring these lessons back, I think our society would be better. I was going through, Pastor T, one of the worst seasons of my life. I'm talking about bad, right? I'm talking about bad, right? And so I call him. He's a multi-millionaire. And so we're sitting down at Starbucks, and I'm telling him about all my feelings. I mean, everything. I won't go buy me a kilo. I won't flip it. I want to do a whole lot of stuff. I'm just being honest. Like, you know, I come, from the I, I come from the project. It's easy to just go back and, you know, you, you know what I'm talking about. You just go back and do your thing, right? And mm -hmm. I said, I'm telling him all of this, and he's sitting there, and he's playing with his phone. And I'm sitting there like, man, is this dude even paying attention to me, right? 
And so I constantly said, man, just give me a job. I Look, I'm a pastor, but but just give me a job. Let me go back and work. It's a hard season. I got to provide for my son. Christmas is coming up. And he looks at me, man, dead in my eyes as a man. And he said, you said the Lord called you, right? Mm. I said, yeah. He said, well, you're talking to the wrong person. Mm. Takes his phone, gets up from the table, and he said, I'm going to another meeting. You go talk to God, right? Mm. And so, Pastor T, to your point, normalizing it, but also giving that tough love. That's who, that's why I come up with that, that tough love. And right now to this day, nine, seven years later, I can attribute a lot of what I'm doing and standing the faith and all this type of stuff, not to another preacher, not to a pope, not to nobody, but to a normal man who said, if you're going to stick on the Lord's side, he taught me masculinity, stay on that side. Don't well, waver. Yeah. Don't be emotional. Don't be impromptu. Don't be so assertive about what somebody else grabs and all the rest of that stuff. He said, if God yeah. called you, you go talk to God. That was oh, the, okay. best, the best lesson I ever learned in my life. <laughs> Seminary couldn't teach me that. Bible study couldn't teach you that. Man, I didn't know if I wanted to throw the chair at him or not, but I'm telling you, that was a good lesson, right? Oh, but you taught me how to normalize my emotions. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I, I was going to, you, you all are just, just flipping my, my, my eggs and you're blowing my mind. <laughs> to, 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 I want to back up on those two points and then pass it out, I'm going to let you jump in. The problem with a, a lot of our young men, and I got young men that I mentor, is that they don't know, to your point, what is normal. So I'm telling them in their 20s, I'm telling them, bro, when you get in your 30s, this is what's coming. When you, you're, and I, much like Bishop Jakes, I, Bishop Jakes, I've been under Bishop Jakes since I was 20 years old, okay? So almost half of my life, if I had not, I only want to get emotional, but if I had not been by that man's side and saw him go through dark days, good days, getting on and off the plane, uh, in pain, jumping on and off a plane, going to funerals, going to hospitals, going to church. The, the People don't even know what he did, but he showed me what was normal. But we don't have brothers that will show our younger brothers, this is normal. This is normal. As you get older, brother, your sex drive is going to go down. Okay? So most of our men, when we get older, yeah, I'm going to say it because I'm, I'm one of the oldest on here. Okay? So I can say it. But we need somebody to say what is normal. Yeah, because absolutely. you keep thinking something is wrong with you. There's nothing wrong. You're getting older, bro. You can't go run up the stairs like you used to because you're going to trip. <laughs> that equilibrium is off. It's off. Walk. You use the handrail. But walk. <laughs> That's normal. See, y'all get a chance to see what... Yeah, okay. I told y'all, y'all, you dropping on that conversation. This is what we do. All these guys laughing because this is exactly what we did on the phone. We just... And my wife, she'll attest to it, because we, we be screaming and laughing, and she's like, who you talking to? I know you're talking to one of your brothers. We just be dying laughing, because it's true. We be thinking that things are not normal, and it's just happening to us. It's you. It's normal, brother. It's normal. The things that you are experiencing, it's just called life. Pastor Dobbins, jump in, man. Come on. Well, listen, since we're going to be raw and real, let's get into <laughs> Pastor, Come on, man. Listen, I, I just want to make sure Grateful Heart Church, uh, I want to get it one day. Pastor Everett talked about us hiding the normalcy. Yep. We'd rather play Superman mm. than be Clark Kent. Yep. Wow. Mm -hmm. Clark Kent is a regular guy with a regular job with regular emotions. Mm -hmm. Yep. 
There's not a man on this call. Listen, I've been married 20 years. I'm secure in who I am. I struggle some days, but I'm secure in who I am. But there's not a man on this call who has not measured his penis. Come on, Come on bro. Wait, I, we, we, no, we just go. We, we're gonna take the cover off. You, because, you out there? So yeah, you are, yeah. You pretty. <laughs> it, as trying to find out what is normal. Am I normal? Am I normal yeah. size? Am yep. I a normal guy? And then, sisters, now it becomes the pressure to be bigger than we are, whether yep. it is the bedroom, the boardroom, yep. or business, yep. or in yep. or. Yep. We have to now embody somebody that plays God for you. Mm -hmm. yep. mm -hmm. I'm okay yeah. with holding you while you cry. I'm okay with praying for you. Mm -hmm. God's job. Psychological deliverance, God's job. Mm -hmm. So some things are on God and not the man that you say should be your husband on your list. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love you, sister. I'm just going to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. Half and you want is in God and not in the man that you're actually physically looking for. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you allow mm -hmm. to be Clark Kent, you will fall in love with who we are because mm -hmm. Superman is always flying and that's why you can't communicate with him mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. he's brown and you want to see him high and lifted up. That's, that sounds mm -hmm. too much like God. If you allow us to be Clark Kent and you become Lois Lane, we will fall in love forever. Oh, yeah. I'll say, the teenage boys, you're measuring. A am I big enough? Is, is, is it my penis? Uh, look, boys at 12, 13, you're just getting an erection in junior high. When the wind blows, it's not lust. It's your natural body's hormone reaction. Mm -hmm. yep. wow. and in, yeah. in your 20s, now you got to prove what you talked about in your teens. Yeah. Did you play college? Did you yep. start this? Are you are 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 you ready for marriage? Now in the thirties, you're now measuring yourself in a deeper way because in your thirties, you're you're somewhat of a young adult, but you know you're aging mm. out. Mm. Now hit this forties, mm. hit my forties, mm. and your it becomes the adolate the the adolescence of being a teenager. Mm. It's the wow. it, in fact it's the adolescence of adulthood. Mm -hmm. You're now starting to hit your season. You're young enough to have strength, but you're old enough to have wisdom, but you don't fit in either category. So who are you now? Mm -hmm. And then this little gray hair that we try to cover up starts to peek his head to, to now tell on yourself because you've been lying all the time saying that you're Superman and you're really Clark Kent and you really start to think about what's on the other side of not having to perform. Mm -hmm. we, we said it earlier. The, a man will always go to the voice that claps the loudest. That's mm -hmm. why so many women are losing men. It's not your fault. It's because we have a secret craving mm -hmm. for affirmation. Absolutely. Yeah. When we didn't get it at a younger age. Yeah. But what do we, do we can no longer perform mm -hmm. or hear the applause. Now we have to learn to applaud ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Pastor T, I, I'm going to let you jump in. I, I, I want to say that. I want to just quickly just put a bumper on that. Your spouse, your partner, your boyfriend, your girlfriend cannot be your happy barometer. They cannot be. Come on. They cannot be. They can do things to make you happy. 
But internally, internally, that real joy, yes, come from Jesus Christ. But having happiness, liking you, having joy in this life has to come from the inside. If you're depending on somebody else to be your happy barometer and your life is going to be miserable, if this person doesn't do this, this, and this on your list, then you are setting them up for failure. You're setting yourself up for failure because God forbid I don't come through and check every box on that list. Then I'm not as good as you said I was, mm. but I was me. Mm. So God forbid that I walk away and now you don't have me as your barometer. Mm. Then you don't know, know how wow. to find happiness. Pastor T, go ahead. To piggyback off of uh, Pastor Dobbins' analogy with the Clark Kent, and the Superman uh, analogy, when we're being asked to live up to something that we cannot become, well, even though we have Superman moments, every man has a Superman moment where you shine. But when we are being asked to live up to something that we do not have the capacity to become, that becomes our kryptonite. Mm -hmm. And if you want to watch, because Clark Kent, couldn't stand kryptonite just like Superman couldn't mm. stand kryptonite. Mm. Both resulted in death and weakness. Mm -hmm. And That's when good. we are being asked to do something that God has not given us the capacity to do or perform in, that becomes our kryptonite. And you see good men withering and on the ground crying because they feel like they're failing because they're being asked to perform on a level that God never expected them to perform on. There are many things that need to be given over to God. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that, that the man cannot become that one day, but what happens is, is if a woman does not have a good prayer life, she begins to parent the man. Mm. And when you parent a man, you push a man away. <laughs> And so God doesn't call us, and God doesn't call us as men to parent each other. God calls us to pray. And if it's his will to make a man do or a woman do X, Y, Z, that he could still change hearts like yeah. Pharaoh. Yeah. But yeah. he doesn't want us to parent. He wants us to pray. And, and I just want to encourage every man, God has given you a capacity to be who you are. And I've been teaching a series on boundaries on Wednesday nights. And a lot of times we fail because we don't ask these questions before we say I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you can figure out a person's capacity before you even get married and then make the decision. Is this the person that I can do life with? Because maybe who you're with right now doesn't have the capacity to love you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So mm -hmm. to, um, to, to add to Pastor Teague, I, I thought this is a, this is a great moment. And, and this is one of the thoughts I've been wrestling with uh, Dr. Dobbins that, Every story doesn't need a struggle to be strong. Mm. Every story <laughs> doesn't right need a struggle to be strong. In our context, in the African-American community, we only diagnose the value of the relationship by its struggle, mm. which causes us to compromise our season of healing so we mm. can partner with people who add value to us of an equal value or greater value. So now we dummy ourselves down just so we can say at the end of the day, you know, we were shooting at the gym with each other. You know, this is one of the worst concepts as it relates to relationships. And man, I've been telling everybody, you all don't need to struggle first in order to have a strong story, man. 
I, I mm. believe two people. I don't believe there's a bad relationship. That's number one. I believe there's two bad people in a relationship. <laughs> I believe it's a bad relationship. <laughs> I thoroughly believe that if two people can really get themselves together, when they do come together, they can show forth what true relationship look like. I just, I'm just tired of seeing people with this struggle story, get it out the mud story in order to, to have validity to their testimony. I, I think when two people finally come together, Dr. T, I think they should be, they should, they should have this camaraderie with one another that we go higher and we don't have to go through this whole sob story of being sensitive and all this type of stuff with each other. So yeah, that's why I just want to say, but I really want to go back to that performance thing, but I ain't want to take your, I ain't want to go back to that because we left that part. I Because I ain't, I ain't 40 yet because I want to ask some questions, but I'm about to ask some questions, but I ain't want to tell the hey, line. So uh, we're well, all about this, to finish. I ain't going, I'm about to ask, hey T, I'm about to ask some questions, boy, like, like we're sitting out there in Ohio, man, but I'm going to leave alone. Yeah, I wasn't talking yeah. about me. I was talking about other people. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this, these are not our personal stories, okay? So these are things that people have told us in the airport or something. We walking in the mall, somebody just ran up to us and gave us a story. So we just bring it off to you all. These are not personal accounts. Don't misunderstand what we said here. Look, man. Oh, oh, man. Okay, y'all, y'all, y'all have blown my mind. And somebody is watching. I, I pray that that you have been impacted by this yeah. conversation. Gentlemen, all I can say is I think we're gonna have to do another one. Absolutely, uh, I'm down. I, I mean, we we barely touched the tip of the iceberg with a, a, a baby sledgehammer. We we really got to get more into it because we didn't even get onto the servitude. We didn't even do that and talk about you you are uh, mighty in one area, but then you come home. Don't start and, it. Don't start and, it. Don't start it. Don't start it. Let's do part two. Don't start it. That's another hour, bro. Let's do part two. Okay. Okay. 30 seconds, man. Uh, uh, each each guy, I, I just want you to in, encourage the, the watcher, the listener, encourage them and uh, encourage the brother, the sister. 30 seconds. I don't know how we're going to do it, but, but somebody just go first. All right, everybody. I, I'll kick it off because I, yeah. I don't. I don't want to go after Dobbins. So uh, Pastor Dobbins. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm yeah. gonna go first. So Dobbins, I'm telling you, I'm going next. Go ahead, T. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I want to encourage every man that feels like you don't have nothing left in you right now. Mm. Don't be surprised if every day you wake up, people are pulling on you. Mm. The pull mm. on you is an indication that God has something great in store for you. Mm. When Jesus fed the 5,000 men and not including the women and children, about 20,000 total probably, it says he immediately went up into the mountain to get recharged. Why? Because mm. 20,000 people left with a little bit of Jesus. Wow. And whenever you encourage people, you are passing on courage and they leave encouraged, you leave discouraged. Mm, yeah. And you may be going through a discouraging season because you're giving out and not getting re mm. refreshed and recharged. What you're going through is normal. So I want to challenge you and encourage you to find a way to recharge yourself, whether it's getting more committed to your church, finding a mentor, or I know, and this will be in part two probably, but 
even getting into some therapy, mm. it would be good for you. These are all methods to recharge yourself because God has some water he wants you to walk on, but you're never going to walk on the water if you don't recharge on the mountain. Wow. wow hey, brothers, um, the, the Bible tell us in, uh, as God was talking to Gideon as he was uh, leading um, the charge, the Lord told Gideon, he said, you mighty man of valor. He was speaking to him for the way he saw him, not necessarily the way he saw himself. Um, the Bible said that he was pressing wheat and the Bible said he was hiding that wheat. And I just want to talk to a brother who feels as though his harvest doesn't match his labor, right? Wow. Mm. Uh, the Bible said that every seven, every year, the Bible said God will allow their enemies to take their harvest when they planted their seeds. And so they didn't see their harvest. For some brother who's struggling, not just to make ends meet, but all of the encouragement you put out, all of the seeds you put out, all of the prayers you put out, all of the hugs you give, but your harvest is not matching your labor, I truly believe that God is going to turn it around in due time, and it won't always be like this, but God is going to allow it to work in your favor. Jesus, man, amen. That's good, bro. Uh, man, these brothers have me crying because I know what it's like to sit where you're sitting, mm -hmm. whether you are male or female. Mm -hmm. All of us have this great potential, but the reason we don't perform at the level of our potential is, it, is because in between potential and performance is pain. Mm -hmm. You navigate the pain in your life or the problem will determine whether or not you reach your full potential mm -hmm. wow. perform at the level in which God gave you. Mm -hmm. I to tell you about a man one day they hung him high and they stretched him wide on a on calvary's cross on golgotha's hill mm -hmm. jesus was the true definition of a man he mm. he cried he bled wow. but he, he overcame mm. every woman listening right now is about the relationship with the current man it might be about the healing of your father. It might not be about the issues you have with your son or your daughter. It might be a girl on the inside of you. I just came as a testament with tears in my eyes to tell you that God helped me overcome pain and problems to reach performance and potential. And I'm still striving. Mm. I love you. Mm. praying for you. Wow. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> wow, I, I'm 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 really blown away. The whole purpose of this dialogue tonight, and we are going to do a part two, and 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 that's going to come, is because I called it manhood, servanthood, and being misunderstood is because men are younger men are misunderstanding older men, women are misunderstanding men, people in the church misunderstanding those out of the church, vice versa. And the problem that, that is boiling down to is that people are not willing to have an open conversation. Be mm, open so true. and have a conversation. We may come to an expected end where we just walk away and say, I agree to disagree. I didn't have your upbringing. I don't see it that way, but I agree to disagree. I, or we may walk away and say, I further understand you. I thank you for helping me to understand you better. Thank you for helping me to understand your thought process better. Mm -hmm. I now understand my father better. Mm -hmm. I now understand my brothers better. 
I'm praying that some sisters can walk away and now can parent their sons differently or their nephews differently. Or some brother, that brother that said, I'm not alone. I want you to walk away and know that you are not alone, that the things that you are facing, you are not alone. Have conversations. Find somebody you can dialogue with. Find somebody you can pour out because if you keep it all on the inside, man, you're going to implode. And once men implode, it gets bad. We just implode, explode, and it spills out on everything. And you, you end up losing everybody and everything because you just never open that release valve just a little bit and let that pressure out. Wow. Thank you, brothers. Uproar Church, Rock of Ages, the Potter's House, Dallas, are blessed churches because you all are a part of them. Your families are blessed because you're a part of them. I'm blessed because I get to call you my brother. We are blessed because we got a chance to hear from you tonight. And I pray that the virtue that you extended tonight, the virtue that you gave out tonight, that the Lord will multiply it a thousand times more and bless you. And I pray for everybody that's watching that you would be blessed that your, the eyes of your understanding, thank you, Jesus, the eyes of your understanding, as Paul said, would be enlightened mm -hmm. and that the glory of the Lord would shine upon you in everything you do and that God will give you strategic answers and clarity as to how to have conversations, the hard conversations that's going to lead to healing, the hard conversations that's going to lead to delivering. I'm praying for families to be restored. I'm praying for marriages to be restored. I'm praying for yeah. somebody who's been feeling down in the dumps and in that cave to come out of that cave and see mm. the sunlight, the sunlight, yes, the S-O-N and the S-U-N. See the sunlight and see that there's a better day ahead for you. And remember this, and then we'll go, that your new day starts at midnight and midnight is always dark, but it's a new day. I mm. love you. Guys, thank you all so much, man. I'll see you bro. all next time. Man, love y'all, bro. Love you. Bye-bye.